Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For Damon and Ratto today, Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, and Larry Kruger. It's the rare Whitey Larry matchup. I think only the second time in history, if I'm not mistaken. The second time in history? Second time in history. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's, wherever you, if you're driving around right now, you are listening to a historical broadcast. Yes. Anytime Larry and I get together, <laughs> they they number them with Roman numerals like the Super Bowl to signify the great uh importance. But last night obviously was an important game for the Warriors. I know some people hoped that maybe somehow magically during the All-Star break, the Warriors will find their form. Well, one cold hard slap later from the Lakers, and it's uh, obvious that those hopes were unrealistic, Larry. And it's the same Warrior team that entered the break that we got last night. Well, you know, I was driving around yesterday, and I was listening to Guru and uh, Steiny, and I was down in uh, Pleasanton. I'm, like, getting on the freeway, and all of a sudden... I, you know, I hear them, you know, talking about how, oh, you know, no Wiggins tonight. I'm like, wait, no Steph, no Wiggins. Uh, That's at, no bueno. Down at uh, Staples yeah. or Crypto, whatever you want to call it. So I took the Lakers. I took the Lakers minus the six, which I hate doing, right? Because I never bet against my teams. But I just, I just really felt like I saw the Lakers, uh, the game before the break, and. Rob Palenka, I don't know how he did it. I mean, when I watched the Lakers on opening night, they had LeBron, AD, and just nothing. Yeah, nothing else at all. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Yeah, yeah. And now was, uh, yeah. they somehow can turn Westbrook and a bunch of nothing into Jared Vanderbilt, Mo Bamba, Beasley. Rui Hachimura, Malik Beasley. Angela Russell. I mean, Russell, who on their team kind of fits. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just an, it's an amazing transformation. I You know, I don't know that the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, but if they do, watch out. Mm-hmm. Watch out. And, and I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things we're going to get into today is that Every potential outcome is viable for Golden State. They could flip a switch, get it going, get Steph back, hit their rhythm, um, and suddenly, you know, have a have a nice run through the playoffs. I think, you know, Kerr believes they're a finals team. Um, I, you know, I, I have buddies who believe they're a finals team. They also could go one and done or two and done, maybe check out in the first or second round. That wouldn't surprise me. They could miss the playoffs altogether. I mean, these are all possible does that mean, options. Does that mean Wimbanyama's even anywhere on the radar? What, what, what would be their It's all like a lot. One, they'd have yeah. like a 4% chance probably of a top four pick and a 1% chance at the top pick. It's something like that, the way it's <laughs> So I mean, you're saying yeah. there's a chance. Well, you know, some people have said, hey, tank, just tank the rest of the way. No, but it's really not going to, it really wouldn't improve your odds even if you did that. And there's obviously no way Joe Lacob would want to do that. I mean, if it was the original lottery odds where it was like every team in the lottery had the exact same odds back when Patrick Ewing went yeah. one and the Warriors yeah. got Chris Mullen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, yeah, you get a one in seven chance or whatever it is to, uh, you know, to win the lottery. But now that it's weighted, you'd be foolish. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously they're not doing that. They're going to try to get you know get everything going, get Steph back, and make a run. But I, if you said to me, I mean, I was thinking maybe six seed a couple weeks ago. 
I think they're almost a lock for the play-in. Hmm. I, that actually doesn't sound all bad the way they've played of late. The whole thing is, as you say, last night, no Steph. Okay, well, no Wiggins either. Well, you knew going in, they didn't really have much of a chance. I'm like Steiny, I'm a little surprised that so many people saw the game last night and went, oh my goodness, what was that? They didn't have much of a chance. They didn't have much of a chance without Steph of beating the Clippers the game before the All-Star break. My point is, if Steph's back relatively soon and he's close to being Steph, maybe you got some. If for whatever reason, he's not. You have no chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at these teams, and, and not only that. At the trade deadline, suddenly the West, which looked like kind of toothless, now there's a lot of teeth. There's you know, a lot of teeth. They're, I mean, Very toothy. I like the Clippers a lot. Like if you said to me, right now, here it is. What is today? The 24th of February. Pick your finals matchup. Who's going to the finals? And you had to actually put your money on the on the line. I'd probably go Celtics Clippers. Really? You like the Westbrook move that much? Uh, as I like the Clippers a lot, but when I they do got like the Clippers, I mean Westbrook, I'm just not sure. I don't like, it has nothing to do with Westbrook. It has more to do. He's with, starting though. It looks like he's going to start for them. I just like what they've done as far as their bench. I mean, you know, obviously you've got. Gordon and Highland and Plumlee. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah you added right. Eric Gordon. Yeah. You added, uh, you know, Mason Plumlee. Uh, you know. Bones Highland. Bones yeah. Highland. Yeah. who's a scorer. I mean, they've got, that's three significant bench pieces right there, and they're all kind of veterans who can do it. You already had Norman Powell on the bench. You already have Batum. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi seems like he always gets the upper hand against Golden State. He and Paul George are spending more time actually on the court together. I'm scared of them, too. I was a little more frightened of them before they decided to bring in Westbrook. But obviously, they know what they're doing. So I threw this out last night. What, you know, if you could pick your, if you were predicting your finals matchup today, who would you go with? And I got every answer in the book. I mean, it was it was amazing. People went with the Bucks. People went with the Celtics. Uh, people went with the Clippers. People went with the Warriors. A lot of Denver. The Lakers got mentioned, and they're not even a playoff team right now. Yeah, I go with this from the nine two five here coming in with Nuggets Celtics. I I, I know that's kind of chalky, but those are to me those are clearly the two best teams in their respective conferences. Xfinity Mobile text line, by the way. You want to participate? Want to give us a call? Want to shoot us a text? Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. And you're also wondering. Where people think this is headed. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think that, that you know, if you're a Warrior fan, I mean, we all kind of know, we're all expecting the same thing. They're going to flip a switch, right? They're not, they're, they're, they are they a better team. They don't know what the switch team. is right now, do they? <laughs> no, I know. But, I mean, I think most of us expect that Golden State is going to circle the wagons somehow, and Steph's going to come back. They're going to get a little healthier, a little bit more focused, a little tighter rotations, a little bit more effort, a little bit more energy, and they're going to be a tough out in the Western Conference playoffs. So that's what I see. And then when I look at the West, I don't see a team necessarily that I'm like, oh, uh, you know, the Warriors. I don't see a team that could put the Warriors away quickly, but I don't see a team that the Warriors could put away quickly. Well, it's funny just listening to the opinions of uh, people who played the game, like Richard Jefferson a few weeks ago. He was on ESPN during the break, I guess it was. And I think he speaks for a lot of people when he says, if the Warriors played Denver, for example, he says, I wouldn't bet on the Warriors, but I wouldn't bet against them. It was just because of that X factor, the fact that last year they looked like they weren't very good going into the playoffs last year. And then they did seem to flip the proverbial switch. I mean, they did it last year. Circumstances are a little different, but you know it's different if they're healthy and the games really do matter. I, I'm skeptical, but you can't dismiss that. I mean, I, the reason I wouldn't have the Warriors in the finals is I don't think they're deep enough. Mm-hmm. I think they're too thin. I think they're too old. I think somebody in the West. I mean, everybody in the West got better, right? Dallas added Kyrie. Phoenix got KD. We just outlined what the Clippers added. Even Memphis got Luke Kennard. But Memphis, like, last night I was watching them playing Philly, and I said to my dog, second quarter, I said, yeah, the Sixers made a run, and I said, you watch. The Memphis, they're going to lose this game. And it was embarrassing because my dog wasn't even in the room. But the point is, Larry, <laughs> Memphis is struggling. on. They're not playing well on the road. Very talented team, but I think maybe they've hit their ceiling. I hope so, anyway. But and then you got the Lakers from behind you. OKC's actually played pretty good yeah. ball lately. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans is going to you know, have Zion back, you would think, down the stretch for some period of time, right? So I would expect them to finish fast. I, I mean, I expect Golden State to flip a switch. But then I looked at the schedule. And when is Steph coming back? 
Do we have any indication of that? Let's ask Steve Kerr about that today when he joins us at 5. That'll be good. Because if Steph is not coming back until, you know, middle of the month uh, of March... You know, which would be a little later than I would expect. But if you know, I've heard some people suggest that he may come back in the middle of March. If he comes back in the middle of the Mar- middle of March, the Warriors have like eight road games down the stretch between that the middle of March and the end of the season, and they're horrendous on the road. They play <laughs> zero thing. defense on the road. They're so disconnected on the defensive end on the road. It's not funny. And now suddenly, because they get Steph back and they've got this, they're kind of going in a go-for-it mode, they're now going to rampage on the road? Because they may need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening. And, the, and if you say, why are they not going to go to the finals? I just see an older team that's likely to have somebody break down. And, like, you put, you got Iguodala there. He's on scholarship, giving you nothing. Um, the two-way players, to me, don't don't float my boat. They haven't really developed their young talent. Wiseman's now moved on. I just think that, you know, they don't feel conf- confident playing their young guys. It's just a very thin team. And even if they do stay healthy, and, you know, who knows? As you say, it's a roll of the dice. But even if they do, they're probably coming out of the... Six at best, or seven, or eight, or nine, or ten hole. And that's just really tough to get from there to the finals. On the text line here, 888-957-9570. What do I expect the uh, Warriors to do from the 209? Limp in and not do much. Uh, let's see. 209 also says, the Warriors are like this year's Tampa Bay Bucks. Whitey Larry from the uh, 650. Can we spend some time talking about how pathetic the San Francisco Giants are? That's a request, Larry. <laughs> We'll take requests. Actually, I do have a hot scoop coming out of Arizona that we'll get to in a bit on the Giants. I'll tease it. All right. I'll tease it. Yeah, all right. But, um, I, you know, I think the Giants are... the over Vegas over-under is 500. I, I, you know, I want to be an optimist because I love... Like, tomorrow is my favorite sports day on the calendar. I love when baseball kind of returns for the airwaves. Oh, I thought can, you meant week two of the XFL. <laughs> Yeah, the XFL. No, but uh, but but the you know, and I want to be optimistic because it's early in the year and anything can happen. It's baseball, but um, what I'm I, you know, I I see sub five hundred. I see sub five hundred for the Giants. I as much as I want to want to be optimistic, man. I just I can't. I just can't be optimistic. Come on, let yourself today of all days. Spring training's just starting. Yay! Everybody's gonna be great. <laughs> Beers are cheaper. Yeah. So if you like to drink beer at the ballpark, you're going to like it. move that everybody's actually going to get behind, huh? Yeah. Yeah, cheaper beer. Uh, 888-957-9570. We'll get to the phones in just a moment. Coming up here, where does this all end for the Warriors? And how long are we going to be checking this guy's box scores? That's coming up with Damon and Ratto. Whitey and Larry in for them today. And we are sponsored by AC Transit. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, well, if you're watching on YouTube, you're probably saying, that's not Damon. And I know that's not Ratto. Damon and Ratto streaming live on YouTube. Head to YouTube.com slash 957 The Game. Watch us live. See what's going on inside the studio. Like and subscribe for all your 95.7 The Game content on YouTube. Whitey Gleason, Larry Kruger in today on this glorious, glorious Friday. I guess it's not the most glorious Friday to be a Kings fan, Lair, but... Uh, you know, there's still hope. You got a homestand here. At some point, Steph's going to be coming you back. You said Kings. I'm going to grab you, it you here. You said but... Kings. You meant Warriors. Did I really say Kings? Yeah, you said oh, Kings. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Warriors. <laughs> I definitely meant that. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my it may be a good time to be a Kings it fan. Is, it actually. is. Yeah. Sabonis had a triple double last night. Yeah. Uh, no, but you're right. I mean, Steph's not coming back on the homestand, and um, you know, when he does come back, is there enough time for them to regroup? The one thing that's clear is that when you don't have Steph and you don't have Wiggins, I kind of think this team goes as Jordan Poole goes, and Jordan Poole didn't go last right, night. Right. And I don't. I, the one thing I don't understand about Jordan Poole. Why are you shooting so many perimeter shots when the shot's not falling? He was 3 of 13 last night, 2 of 7, I think, from beyond the arc. Um, his three-point shooting percentage is down. Mm-hmm. His free-throw shooting percentage is down. This guy, to me, Whitey, is so much more dynamic when he's putting it on the deck and attacking the rim. And I just would like to see him do more of it. I mean, don't settle for outside shots. Attack the rim a little bit more. Um, and, and, you know... I don't know. I'm gonna ask her about it because I, I it's it's one of those questions I'd love to know. Has Steve said to him, "Hey, man, the shots aren't falling. Attack the front of the rim." Yeah, we'll talk to Steve Kerr today at five. Jordan Poole to me, and I could be totally wrong. I was wrong about him when he was a rookie, Larry. I don't know about you, but I saw that guy as a rookie, and I thought he's not an NBA player. And he worked his tail off. Yeah. Obviously, he's an NBA player, got a huge contract. But I just think he's very mercurial. He's very inconsistent. And I know Steiny says, well, he's a young player. And that's true. But this is his fourth year. And I suspect he's always going to be kind of up and down, kind of streaky, as some guys are. And when Steph's out and you're relying on a guy like that, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You're going to get a, a hot streak like he had last night, second quarter. Then you're going to get him falling down. So He's a uh, turnstile on defense. I mean, he really just, is. Yeah. He doesn't stay in front Actually, of anybody. turnstiles are probably better defensively than him, but <laughs> no, I agree I mean, with you. Have you ever seen a guy who's got this kind of quickness off the bounce on the offensive end of the floor, but no lateral agility on the defensive end of the floor. He cannot we, keep his body yeah. in front of anybody. J.D. and I talk about that a lot on uh, Warriors this week, and we're back tomorrow morning. But yeah, isn't it? He's so quick. And yet, if he's guarding somebody, what happened? Where did the quickness go? 888-957-9570. Stock to Zach and Martinez on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Zach, you're on with Larry and Whitey. What's up? Hey guys, hey. thanks for having me on. Yeah, big fan of the show. Um, so I just wanted to kind of talk to your point about before you guys went to break about the Warriors and their expectations. So I'm actually a big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan and also a big Warrior fan. And to me, the Warriors are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of this year. They have the Tom Brady effect, which I think is the same effect that kind of the big three have, which is you can't always count them out. And I think that same thing. They're just older. They're just slower. The supporting cast just isn't there this year, so I expect them to limp into the playoffs and just not do too much. Pretty similar to what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. So that's my take. Thanks, Zach. Uh, I, you know, I mean, who knows how they actually feel? But to me, it just seems like they're losing their belief. 
that they're going to flip a switch. I mean, you get I'll bet to a, you won't ask her that. <laughs> I'll bet yeah. you don't have the guts. I bet you I do. All right. I bet we'll you say. I do. Steve Kerr at five. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Just tune in at five. See if I ask that question. Uh, no, but... Uh, I mean, there's, it's, it's, we're getting almost, almost March and they're sub 500. So what, do they have a, a switch, a switch to, to flip? I mean, I don't know. To me, you know, it's easy to say, well, you are who you are, but this team's got championship pedigree, or I shouldn't say that because there are guys on this team that have championship pedigree. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Yeah. I mean, you know, I heard, was listening to Steiny and Guru driving in and Steiny's like, this team won a title last year. And and really, this team didn't win a title last year. You know, the, it was a different team that won a title last year. It was a younger team. It was a deeper team. It was a better team. Uh, it was a team that started off really hot, then flushed the the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix on Christmas Day, and kind of it didn't. And they won at Utah on New Year's Day a week later. And yeah, exactly. Right. And then and then so a lot of the anecdotal, you know, middle of the season stuff or late in the season stuff, like when they've struggled, um, you know, in the springtime in the regular season, you didn't think much of it because you had seen them at the beginning of the year rampage, and then you saw them step it up on Christmas. This year, I mean, they had a they had a, a nice win against Boston. They had a nice win against Memphis. They've had a couple statement wins, but in reality. This is who they are. This hugely inconsistent team that doesn't play very connected defensively away from Oracle. I'll tell or you. away from Chase, I should say. Yeah, pardon me. I think one of their most fundamental issues is right now. I'll tell you in just a minute. I'd love to know what you think of this. First, here's Steve Kerr. To the point you just raised, this year's team is not last year's team, and Steve Kerr will be the first to admit that. We're a very different team. different, Totally different teams. I wouldn't compare this team to teams in the past. We are our own team, and so we have to form our own identity. And unfortunately, we're you know struggling with the same issues. The fouling was another huge factor tonight. We're sending them to the line over and over again. And I thought we had some distress jointed offensive possessions, you know, some turnovers, some difficult shots that were basically shot turnovers. And there were several key stretches where we had a chance, we had gotten ourselves back in the game, and then we just couldn't put it together, couldn't connect the game and, and make a run. And so that's, it's all right there for us on tape, and we'll show them, we'll keep coaching and keep trying to get better. If the Warriors are a past Warriors team, as Steve Kerr says, no, different team, they're not last year's team. They are, as Anthony Slater said today on the morning show, on the morning roast, they're the playing your team. That's who this team is. If they're any past Warrior team, they're that team that got into the play-in and got bounced in two games. That's the, the team that this team really resembles. Yeah. I, I think this team's probably better, actually. I hope so, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Well, I'll see what's the most frustrating part for me, and I don't know if other Warrior fans feel the same way, but if you had told me on opening night that we would be looking at the standings on the 24th of February and the four, and the uh, Warriors would be basically hovering at the 500 mark, I would I would have said to you, my first reaction would have been like, okay, that's fine. Because you know what I mean? You know what that tells me? That tells me that Wiseman and Kuminga and Moody have been getting lots of time, lots of minutes, lots of development, and there was a price to be paid in the standings for developing the youngsters. But instead, you're sitting at 500, and you didn't develop Wiseman. He's in Detroit. And you really haven't developed Moses Moody. I don't know what Steve Kerr's plan is with Moses Moody. I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, either put him in Santa Cruz, play him, but just... He's, I, I've, I've been I've been baffled by Kerr's rotations all year, and then he's he's throwing out Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome had a good statistical game last night. He was horrible on the defensive end. He's and, not a good defender. I think he's a good player for him, but I don't disagree. And Lamb, I mean, he's just limited, but he's played well for him. And Jerome and Lamb don't have great net ratings, and yet those guys have played over the young guys. The young guys haven't really developed. The other guy, I mean. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the son of a coach. He's got a really high basketball IQ. I, I think he's been very impressive um, in the tiny little you know bits that we've seen him. Where's the? I mean, we're in, we're almost in March. They haven't been able to cultivate a rotation spot for a guy who's six ten with that kind of skill and that kind of basketball he IQ. Shoot. He can sure shoot. I I, I got to question that. I'm and I got to question. You know, um, the Warriors hired a couple of developmental coaches, and they their mindset this year was like five o'clock at night. We're going to develop all these guys. Seven o'clock at night. We're going to contend for victories. And neither is happening. I haven't seen the the young guys develop, and they're not winning at 
seven o'clock. So I, I, you know, I look at this year and I go, well, they're five hundred, but they're five hundred, you know, playing two way guys over there de- over developing their kids, and now they've moved off of Wiseman. It's just been a very it's been a very frustrating year to watch. Sure, it has been. That's another thing I wanted to ask people, 888-957-9570. To this point, a lot of Warrior fans are frustrated. What has frustrated you the most? What aspect of this season has frustrated you the most? I'm sure a lot of people would point to what you pointed to, Larry. To me, I think the reason Steve Kerr plays guys like Jerome and Lamb more than some of the younger players is because they're trying to win. They've still been trying to win. Maybe that changes at some point in the next few weeks. Maybe the priorities shift a little. Maybe not. But with Jerome and Lamb, for the most part, you know what you're probably going to get. Uh, and they've been up and down. Last night, Lamb, you're right, he didn't shoot well. But he's had a lot of good games. I think if you're looking at it from Coach Kerr's standpoint, I know what the floor is for those guys. But for some of the younger guys, and, you know, Kaminga's worked his way into the rotation. But, like, for Wiseman and Moody, I think the feeling is, I don't know what I'm going to get, and I can't I can't just roll the dice on those guys. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. The problem with the younger guys, in my opinion, isn't that they haven't been developed. It's that they probably shouldn't have been drafted. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's the problem. Well, that's interesting. I mean, um, okay, first of all, the draft is set up for the worst teams to have the highest picks and the best teams to have the lowest picks, and they were one of the best teams with one of the highest picks. And it's kind of what the Niners are going through with Trey Lance. It's like, well, how do you prioritize development when you got a game tonight and you got to win it? Yeah. And, and, and you got a bunch of guys in the room who are men, who are committed, who don't care about your development. They want to win games and they want to win this year. And next year's not even promised, especially in the NFL. So it's a balancing act. I just think they've done a lousy job of balancing it. I mean, what would you, if you're one of these developmental coaches drawing a six-figure salary, I, if I were them, I would not feel very good. I wouldn't feel very no, good know. at all. I mean, I know. what did you develop? The, the, if you're Andre Iguodala, mm-hmm. you're on this team to do what? Is this a is this a six month golfing exp- expedition on off days, or is he there to develop Kuminga and Moody? And if he is, where's the development of Kuminga and Moody? And I, I, you know, I just, I just, they put a lot towards development this year and then didn't develop. And and I'm saying maybe it's not the coaches. Maybe it is. But you remember Hank Haney? Hank Haney's a pretty good teacher, right? Golf, golf guy? Golf. Yeah. Tiger's old yeah. swing right. coach. Great, wouldn't you say? Probably a legendary teacher. Yeah. But when he <laughs> decided, I'm going to fix uh, Charles Barkley's swing, he didn't, right? And that doesn't mean he was a bad teacher. So I'm wondering if they really had as much to work with, with uh, specifically Wiseman and Moody as we thought. I remember when Moody was drafted, I was in for Steiny, I think. So I was on with JD and with Dibs. And we were talking to somebody from... A newspaper down there or the school and they said Moses Moody's great oh you're gonna love him he's really smart doesn't have a lot of lateral quickness and I thought well that's not good <laughs> right he's, so, not, he's <laughs> not an elite NBA yeah. athlete at, yeah. the, at the wing mm-hmm. but I mean he to me still on this team if you're gonna be playing Anthony Lamb and I, I guess I don't know I mean I, everybody some people like Anthony Lamb he I'm, can make shots I'm not crazy about him but I think that's it he's he's shooting what isn't he at 38% from three-point line this year and All he's right. got a little size but I mean what do you do what, what's even the plan with these guys how many more games can they play before they got to make a decision well you probably have to make a decision on one or the other uh, and who would you rather one. have of the two I'd probably rather have Jerome and from talking to Steve it sounds like he'd rather have Jerome yeah the problem there is when Steph comes back then you've got all these guards and if you need somebody for like that's what Stan Van Gundy was saying last night among other things it's like he says it'll probably be a lamb because you need somebody in the front court. But I understand why people are so upset about the two-way players. Why are they playing so much? But I think for the most part, they've played pretty well. And the youngsters, look, Larry, you know it as well as I do, if not better. The plan this year was for the younger guys, all three of those guys, to all step up. It's like, how do we get better from last year? We've lost Porter. We lost Peyton. They brought him back. But the plan was these guys are going to step up and assume larger roles. And they just haven't done it. That's one of the reasons why this thing is either stalling or headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, and now you've divested yourself of Wiseman and you didn't get a player back that can help you necessarily this year. And was that move about, you know, it got kind of sold as like, hey, man, we're, we got to, we got to try to maximize Steph and not waste his championship years. I almost got a feeling like that's like, Kind of a secondary deal to the savings. To me, it was a, to me it was a thirty-seven yeah. million dollar savings. They even had days to think about it, and they still opted to you know get rid of Wiseman. And it's like you know what? 
And that was a. I mean, I don't care if you're the biggest Warrior fan that ever walked the earth. Anybody who who's at all um, unbiased can see that the Wiseman for GP two is just a colossal, colossal failure on the part of the Warrior organization. You were either wrong to draft James Wiseman, or you're wrong to get off him this early um, and sell so low on an asset. I mean, if I told you, man, I bought a Ferrari last year for two hundred grand and I drove it four times and I sold it this week for seventy five grand, you might. I'd say something nice to my face, but as I walk away, you'd be like, he's a damn fool. Right. And, and but, that's how I kind of feel about the way they handled James Wiseman. They they got this asset. But he's they, not a Ferrari. I understand your point, but he's he, not he, a Ferrari. You paid a Ferrari price. You did. No question. Might as well be a Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that, and, and, that was the, you know that's, that's not, where it went wrong. I'm not willing to... I'm not going to sit here and, and say that James Wiseman is going to be some terrible player because the Warriors got, you know, got out from underneath it. They couldn't develop him. Let's see what he does in Detroit. Okay. Let's, let's wait a couple of years and find out. He had the, I, I just saw his game last night. He had 10 points. Uh, he had, he had eight, eight points, points ten, ten boards. Yeah. Yeah. He was plus 16. He had three turnovers. He had a block. He played 23 minutes. I mean, I bet you he winds up developing somewhat on Detroit. I hope you're right. I'm very skeptical, but you may be right. And, of course, the Warriors are very nervous about that prospect. 888-957-9570. Kevin in Pleasanton, 95.7 The Game. What's up, Kev? Hey, guys. Um, you got, uh, um, I think that was Larry. Yeah. Um, you're on fire today, bro. Um, everything you're saying is what I've been saying the whole year. Um, I'm saying this from a coaching standpoint. My mom was a coach. I was a coach. My son's a coach for USA Basketball. Um, like, so I'm not just saying this to say it, but everything you're saying is totally on point. If it was Larry that was going in on what was the strategy. It was. It you're like right. It was yeah. a good... Okay, Larry, kudos, yeah. bro. Like, I'm giving you a total applause. Thanks, man. Appreciate um, you. Because it wasn't... A, it was, And I'm, telling, I'm, I'm saying this as a basketball savant. Totally, right? Not as a fan. There was bad strategy. And, and to play um, Afro Man, um, <laughs> that's my nickname for... Um, <laughs> Lamb? What's his face? I can't even think of his name. Yeah, Lamb. Yeah. And uh, the other guy over Moody, that's, that's, that's so bad. However, that's the system. And I'm telling you right now, everything, Larry, you said is why Mike Brown left. I'm telling you. Well, I think Mike Brown left oh. because Mike Brown got a head coaching gig, and there's so few a of them. A lot of money. By the way, by the way, Mike Brown deserves a little clap because Mike Brown has done a fantastic job. Yeah, we all know it because we were here and have followed this team for years. The Warriors, that is. When you have a losing culture in the, especially in the NBA, and it's it, the weight of that is just constantly pushing on you. Draft time, guys who you want in the draft don't work out for you. See Jaden Ivey, right? Mm -hmm. See, now you got to go Keegan Murray because Jaden wouldn't work out for you. Now you got to sell your fans on how that's the right call. And there's just so many things that push against teams that are not on the it list. And the Warriors were on that list forever. So I, it takes in a monumental series of moves to get out from that ugliness. Can credit was it Monty McNair? Is that the GM? Yeah, there? that's right. And Monty McNair and Mike Brown um, for turning this thing around in Sacramento. They're going to the playoffs. I would love, love to see a Sacramento Warriors playoff series. Never had one. We've I know. never had it would, one. It would absolutely light up the yeah. 80 corridor. And <laughs> and Mike, my, my brother's a judge, and he's a, he's a lifelong Warrior fan. He'd be moved to SAC. Uh -huh. And he's like, now he's a Kings fan. Yeah. You know, and, he's, and, he, and he's texting me like three nights a week, light the beam. I'm like, beam this. <laughs> light the beam. My God. Yeah, thank you, Kev, for the call. Yeah, the amazing thing about that is Mike Brown went up there to improve the defense, and the defense is terrible <laughs> by his own admission but they're still winning well is it is it their defense is horrible yes. or <laughs> is it that they're playing a breakneck pace and they've kind of chosen their pace offensively over that's part of it the but defense, and their right? numbers they're, are they're betters are better in the fourth quarter but they are they're a pretty bad defensive team but they're just overcoming that uh, with a with an incredible offense 888-957-9570 Jay and Fremont 957 the game Jay you're on with Larry and Whitey what's up Hey, how's it going, Larry? Hey. Man, big fans of you guys. Um, I, I don't want to be the dead horse, but I just kind of want to emphasize how down I am Steve Kerr and the coaching staff this year. I mean, and it's kind of scary just looking ahead. It, it's like they don't have no plan. You guys talked about the lack of development. I mean, since Steve Kerr has joined the Warriors, 
besides Kayvon Looney and maybe Jordan Poole, have they developed any of their draft picks? And I'm talking about Damian Jones, Patrick McCall. I mean, the list goes Jordan on Bell on and on. And yeah, exactly. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I think I've seen something online uh, recently. I think Steve Kerr's record when Steph isn't playing is like 56 wins and 101 losses. Uh, so, I mean, it's just really scary, like, just kind of thinking about the lack of plan going forward, not just this year, but, the, you know, the upcoming years as well. What, what really bothers me the most is, <clears throat> is the disconnect that seems to be, I, I, know, I don't know if it's a rift, but when Bob Myers was saying, uh, you know, we can get an eight-foot-tall player, but if the coaching staff's not going to play him, I mean that that's a shot, man. Hmm. That is a shot from the general manager directed at the at the coaching staff. So there's either some disconnect there, there's some some story that's not being told that's bubbling beneath the surface. Um, I don't know if Kerr's here long term. I don't know if Myers is here long term. I don't know if Draymond's here long term. But that quote the other day from Myers was bizarre. And this team desperately needs help in the buyout market, and they show no interest at all in adding anybody. Now I'm not saying that there's a piece out there that fits or is the ideal piece or you know huge difference making piece but how many roster spots are you going to waste with guys who aren't really contributing and they well, can't save money on? larry here here's the I problem mean, really is that what this is That's that what it's part about of it. it's, it's about saving it. money really here's the problem with the warriors you you go small right they play small a lot you go back to the, through the history of the nba when teams started playing small like don nelson's team started playing small why do you do that you create matchup problems all of a sudden, the other team has problems matching up with you. And you go back to the you know, the, the lineup of death, and you had great defenders. They were small, and they posed problems for the other teams. The Warriors right now are small. Are the Warriors posing any matchup problems for anybody right now with the small lineups they're putting on the floor? They're causing matchup problems for themselves. They like to play small. Yes. They like to play small. But you're yes. right. You're right. I mean, there's uh, there's no novelty to it anymore. Them if yeah. Looney goes down, by the way, they got yeah. they're, they're they're absolutely naked behind Looney, you know, inside. And then, okay, I get I get the why they wanted GP two. I mean, by the way, they should have never let GP two walk. I mean, why don't we talk about that before we're patting them on the back, going, "Hey, way to go to get GP two back." <laughs> they're the ones who let him walk. All right, so or limp. Yeah. So yeah. so and. So you need GP two. He he's probably going to make a nice impact. You need that piece. He's, he's an also incredible. insurance for next year because Divincenzo ain't going to be back. Right. Well, is that for sure? Uh, it's almost. It's, God, no, I love Divincenzo. They're not going to. I trust Divincenzo else in the fourth quarter of a tight yeah. game more than I trust Jordan. Well, Poole. that's the thing. You have these guys that come in here for not much money, like Otto Porter, and they show what they can get, and they say thanks, see you later, and then they're gone. But uh, my point is, okay, I understand why GP two was an attractive player and why Caruso was somebody they sought after. They want that on the ball defender. There's so many of these alpha. That's why they you, looked at Patrick Beverly apparently. Right. Well, how about uh, how about Chris Dunn? I mean, he went somewhere else. I think they need a defensive stopper and on the ball stopper. And it's nice that Peyton will be back for the playoffs. Will the Warriors Hopefully. be in the playoffs right. by then? Right. I mean, that's, I would have loved to have seen Chris Dunn added just for the minutes that he could potentially lock down, you know, the John ja Morants of this league that you're in, invariably going to have to beat many of them on the road in the final stretch of this year. Uh, we'll get in one more for now and then we'll get back to the calls 888 We appreciate. Uh, your feedback here. We'll get to as many calls as we can. Gene in Oakland. Gene the Machine. You're on with Whitey and Larry. What's up, Gene? Hey, fellas. Hey. So I want to build on what the last caller said and what you guys have been discussing about, frankly, about Kerr's shortcomings this year. What's frustrating me the most is the way he's handled or really mishandled the young the young players. And I, I really think it goes back to the beginning of the season when Dre, uh, you know, punched Poole. And he wasn't held accountable for it. There was no punishment, no suspensions. I think that sent a very bad message to the teams, to the young players in the team. They had to look at that and say, well, does the coach really have our back? You know, if one of the uh, established veterans uh, does something to us, are we going to, you know, is he going to protect us? And then from that point on, I, I just think there's been a divide. Then add to that. You know, uh, Kerr's impatience with these, with the young players, been too quick with the hook, you know, with, 
Wiseman, Moody, and even Kaminga. You know, they make a mistake, and he immediately pulls them out of the game. I mean, that, that dampens confidence, you know. It's hard to develop players when they're constantly worried if they're going to be pulled out of the game if they make a mistake. Uh, I think that's been the problem with Moody. Why he? I mean, last year they were, they were looking at him as a, as a regular rotation piece. Now he's in the G League. So, uh, you know, I, Kerr, I think, has, has been a great coach. But when it comes to developing, you know, young talent, especially when you're trying to win a championship, which is, you know, really a very, very difficult task, if not impossible, I think he's fell short, fallen short. All right, thank you, Gene. Appreciate that. We'll address those comments coming up also. Did you hear it on TNT last night? One of the dumbest things anybody's ever said about the Warriors. That's up next. It's Damon and Ratto. You got Whitey and Larry in for Damon and Ratto today, and we're presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, new compromises. and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. This must be left over from when Spadoni used to do Phil Collins Friday. In for Damon and Ratto. Yeah, that used to be a thing on the Steiny Guru and Dib show, I think. Phil Collins Friday. Huh. Uh, it's, uh, Love Phil Collins, man. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, certain songs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily this one. He made quite a comeback. I guess he had some real issues with his spine, and he was really struggling. Now he's back drumming again. I mentioned that because maybe, maybe the Warriors can make a similar comeback this year. It's Whitey Gleason and Larry Kruger in for Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks for all your feedback. Xfinity Mobile text line here just to uh, clean up, tie up a few loose ends. Give us a call if you want to let us know here. A- where you think this is going for the Warriors, and B, as a Warrior fan, what is most frustrating to you right now? What is the single most frustrating aspect of this season? On the text line, I agree with this, Lair, from the 650. It's what are they e- saying? It's easier said than done when people talk about developing young talent. It's like expecting a filet mignon when you're dealing with scrap meat. Uh, and that's, that's the thing. People say, you have all these coaches. He was the number two pick. How could you let him go? He's going to be a great player. Well, maybe he is. But one of the reasons James Wiseman didn't play more, one of the reasons Moody hasn't played more, is because they haven't been very good. James Wiseman had many, many chances, and he got hurt, I know, and he was sick. But he just wasn't very good. Okay. And maybe he still um, will be, but they had to make a decision. Where was Kerr and the coaching staff when they were sitting there debating of whether or not who to pick. You know, you I wanted can't speak to pick to this guy. Somebody right? did, and I know Joe Lake have told Kim, Steve, Kim Kawakami everybody wanted to pick him. Right, Steve didn't back away from that. Steve's not trying to say, hey, those guys wanted him. He wanted him. All okay. right? So, and, and what I didn't get is like, okay, I didn't get the extended stay in the G League, but what I really didn't get is why end it if you're not going to play him? Why end a guy's G League run to sit him on the bench and DNP coach's decision? Why? What's the purpose? You should have left him in Santa Cruz. They should have left Moody in Santa Cruz the entire year. If those guys had played every night in Santa Cruz, something tells me they'd be better right now. They you might know why. Not. Why? You know, because if my guy is in the G League and I want to trade him, people are going to say, he's in the G League. What, you couldn't get an injured 30-year-old uh, backup two-guard? Well, I'm just saying I think that was what it was about. Not disagreeing with your overall point, although, again, I think you think that Wiseman's going to be better than I do. We'll see. But I think a lot of that, send him down there, bring him up, a lot of it was for posturing, and they were just trying to fiddle with his market value as much as they could because they wanted to trade him, and they knew it was hard because they're telling the world, we love this guy. That's what they're saying. But their action said, we don't think he's very good. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 so frustrating because obviously on paper he was a very good prospect, um, but when I watched him, he just shows no. You know, now it's 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 done, right? He's in Detroit. Yeah. It's over. But he showed no natural. Um, you know, he had no natural ability to rebound the basketball. That's something that does translate. If you rebound on the collegiate level, you're typically going to rebound on the pro level, and maybe it's just they didn't get enough of a sample size. I think you know with both. James Wiseman and Trey Lance, if we've learned anything, is that maybe you you don't invest really high picks in guys who have a short resume. Right. Make them have a longer resume. Or if they have if they have a super short resume, 
make sure you really do your due diligence and you really flesh out what you think they're going to become. And that's especially true if you're a team like the Warriors and you're drafting a center given what you ask your centers to do. A lot of people immediately wondered about the fit. Why are you spending the second pick on a center? But be that as it may, whether Wiseman goes on to have a great career or not, you know how it is in all sports. You have the second pick and you miss on it. It hurts. It leaves a mark. And it sets you back. And yeah, they won a championship last year and flags fly forever. But there's a price to be paid for that miss. All right. Can, let's talk about this Wiseman deal for a second as well. I mean... They move, make the move. They get Sadiq Bay. Then they turn Sadiq Bay into a bunch of seconds, which turns into GP two. Why wouldn't they just have stayed with Sadiq Bay? They don't want Sadiq Bay. But Sadiq Bay is a rotation player who's versatile and tough, and he's played winning basketball at Villanova, and he he can play the three, he can play the four. He's a legitimate rotation player. So you don't want Sadiq Bay, but you do want Anthony Lamb. I don't get it. I do not. Well, you already have Anthony Lamb. What you needed is more defense, and Gary Payton, if he can play, he's a really good defender. And Sadiq Bay, I know he he had a fifty point game, didn't he? I think. years ago he actually scored 50 points he's kind of a volume shooter he's not a great defender and so that makes him a bit of an awkward fit with this team and gp2 don't you think there's also this you bring in gp2 and remember you're trading away our number two pick but look who we're getting everybody's favorite that doesn't make it a smart trade but you know that was part of the reasoning we're bringing back gp2 and everybody loves him i'm eager to see how kerr plays him because last year kerr barely played him and there were many times the warriors lost games and i looked up at the end of the game and i thought why didn't Kerr play GP2? So either Kerr's had this new renaissance, uh, you know, this new you know, feeling about GP2, or we're going to have to get ready for him yeah. sitting GP2. If he, he, if he didn't he play consistently defend, last year. Yeah, if he can still defend, he's going to get on the floor. By the way, from the 925, Dante DiVincenzo signed a two-year deal. He's here for 23-24. Now he has an option. He has a player option. It is for a two-year much? deal. But it's uh, he has a player option for next year that he's. I'll have to double check on that. You're, are you, he's are not you, expected to. Are you convinced he's moving on? Because you know it's funny. He played in Milwaukee. He played for Nova, yeah. and then he played for the Kings. And I thought the whole impetus behind him signing with the Warriors was that he was tired of playing for losing teams with bad culture, where everybody's out for themselves, and he wanted to play on a winner for with with other players who have high basketball IQ, so he could get back to what he experienced with seven four, Milwaukee four, experience seven. at Nova. Yeah. Are you sure he's running away at the end of the year? Because that to me he's a he fits like a hand in a glove. I mean, he is just a perfect fit. And I, to me, I would love to have DiVincenzo come back. I don't disagree with that. And I think the Warriors like him. But it's just, again, a matter of they can't pay everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's no that doubt. simple. You're right. I mean, and that doesn't seem like an exorbitant slump. He's at four and a half this year, only up to four. Uh, 4.725, but most people think that he's going to get more than that somewhere else. He can opt out and get more than that. That's well, the thing. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because if he, if he, you know, did he make more than what he's making right now last year in Sacramento? I think so, but I'm not, I don't have those numbers. Yeah, I think he did. I thought he made closer to seven or eight last yeah. year. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'll be interested to see if he does leave Golden State where he goes because he made a, he made a, you know, very, pretty compelling point that. He's kind of seen, you know, the NBA mm-hmm. from both sides, and that he'd much rather be on a, on a, you know, a, a, a team that plays team basketball, shares the ball, ball movement, body he movement. It. He understands all of that yeah. from day one. And I thought that, you know, okay, now he's here, and the way he's playing here, he just seems. It seems like he's this guy's been on the team for four or five years. He's blended that seamlessly in yeah. a really quick amount of time. So he's also playing like a guy who knows leave. that he's playing for his next contract. Yeah, it's just human nature. Yeah, yeah. By the way, he. Made about four and a half million last year, split between both the Bucks okay. and the Kings. Thanks, Grandy. So it's basically the same. Uh, by the way, we have these notes for Anthony Slater. Andrew Wiggins remains out tonight against the Rockets due to personal reasons. And I know you're wondering about that, Larry, and I'm wondering, and we've both done some asking, and it looks like there are very few people who know what that is. Even people who normally would say, I know, but I can't tell you, like, I, we don't know. So hopefully everything is fine there. But not a lot of people seem to know exactly what's going on there. So 
We don't know when he's going to be back. Draymond Green questionable with a right knee contusion. Banged it during the second half last night. Uh, Clay is scheduled to go, but it'll depend on how he feels between now and game time. Houston will be without Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., two of their better players. But that team's so nutty. I mean, I don't know. They're like, <laughs> I mean, very erratic. So. Steven Silas is, the, is rumored to be fired. Um, he, the odds say he's the next NBA head coach to be fired. Um, I'll say this about tonight: this, there's some pressure here. Yeah, Golden State's got to win this game. Yeah, I mean this is this is not like oh yeah, well then he's back to back. Clay better play and they better win. Remember the game yeah. last year? I think Steph hit a game winner to beat the lowly Rockets, and he started running around. Uh, that was right around, you know, they were struggling right around the All-Star break last year. I remember he had to make a game winner to beat the lowly Rockets last year, and they better win tonight. If they do, it'll be uh, cause for celebration again. When they played in Houston, Golden State kind of took it right at the Rockets early and kind of took them out of their game and just kind of kind of made a loud statement with a lot of energy early in the game. They better do that again tonight. It, it, the last thing you want to do is let a young team hang around. This t- this Rocket team has talent. They I'm do. a big fan of Sangoon. Me too. They're um, like a Juco team. That's like a bunch of guys with their own agendas, but they're talented and athletic. And they right. run around and, what are you doing? We don't know. And if they have a belief and you get to the you know middle of the second half, you know, good luck, good luck. You better be able to to snuff out their candle early and make because if the Warriors do rush them early with a lot of energy and get a lead, they'll fold like a cheap suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember though that game that you're alluding to? The first time they played, Warriors had a great first quarter, and then Houston actually got back into the game. It they was did. another one of those early indications that. Something's not right with this team. And the Warriors yeah. ended up winning. 888-957-9570. Joe in San Jose, 95-7 the game. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing good. L- listen, uh, I, have a, I have a question for you guys. How did the, the L.A., how come the, the L.A. Lakers are able to re- retool and get four or five new players that are quality players, like Hashimura and, 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 three, other, and three other players? How did how did how did L.A. do it, and the Warriors cannot even get a do Dwight uh, or uh, Boogie Cousins? That's a great question, Joe. Thank you. A lot of people have been wondering about that. Yeah, I mean, I've been asking that question for the last couple of days. Like, this Laker team is probably not going to make the playoffs. But if they do, you don't want any part of them. I think they're in the plan at least now. I mean, we'll see. Well, then, but, good, yeah. then, then that's bad news for the rest of the West because yeah, this, this team now, because what you have is you have LeBron and you su- surround him with D'Angelo, who's a shooting point guard who doesn't necessarily turn it over. He's a ball stopper. He's a hog. He's, he's not a good team player. We, well, we all witnessed it here. But on the Lakers, it kind of works. He can shoot. He can shoot, and he gives them and offense. They can run the offense through LeBron. You don't have to have him running your offense. And then they got all of the players that I wanted to see the Warriors get. I wanted to see the Warriors get Jared Vanderbilt. He's long. He's athletic. He can rebound. He can defend. I like Jared Vanderbilt. I wanted to see the Warriors get Malik Beasley. I, I wanted to see the, the Warriors get Mo Bamba, Hachimura. Yeah, the answer, big part of it is you had Westbrook who makes a huge amount of money, and you were able to get rid of that. But, I mean, how did they do that? Westbrook in a first-round draft pick for five years from now, and they mm-hmm. got they, well, they got a lot for it. They got a lot from a Utah team that was like, yeah, we don't need these guys. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we're, we're willing to look at future assets. The Warriors have those big salaries, but they're not able to move them. Palenka, though, yeah. is just absolute. I mean, this Laker team right now, They've got length. They've got athletes. They've uh-huh. got they've got depth of scoring. Uh, you know who's another really nice piece for them is Reeves. You know, oh, yeah. Reeves they has been 15. a really nice piece. For yeah. Them. Uh, with that, we welcome you to your four o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.